protected by the hand of God. Amen. We've said it. It's been every night. Perilous times are going to come. They are here. And in the midst of it, I'm resting in the presence of the Lord. I'm resting in the peace of God. I'm resting in the power of God because he's protecting our lives. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I, uh, I, I, I told Erica on the way, told Erica on the way over here, and it's, it's remarkable how sometimes the voice of the Lord sounds just like my wife's voice. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes down praying, I felt, the, I felt impressed to this, and I thought maybe that's just me. Then I, I said it to her, and she said exactly what I felt in my heart, and I said, no, that was the Lord. I said, you know, I told her, I said, all week long I've, I've been trying to, to teach, and it just kind of slips over to a preaching side, and I said, kind of feel bad for that. And about that time she looked up and she said, we needed that, Zane. And I said, I think, I think you're right. We needed that. We needed that, okay? We needed that. And so I thank the Lord for what He's done this week. And it's in the midst of realizing what's to come, I feel like the Lord's even challenged us where we are to know that judgment's coming and we have responsibility to know what's right around the corner, and yet we can say, thank God I have peace in God. We've needed those things. Now, now perhaps tonight may resort back to more of a teaching. At least I think it will at this point. Never can tell. You know what I'm saying? I told her, I told her, I said, I just, I'm probably just going to teach tonight and clo- close with a little, close with a little ben- benedictionary prayer and just call it that. And I said, wait, I told her, I said, wait, I got a better idea. I looked in the, I looked in the rearview mirror. I said, Savannah, I'm going to call on you to close in a benedictionary prayer. And she said, dad, 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 when you hear the sound of a body collapsing on the ground, you'll know it's me. I said, okay, I won't. I won't do it, babe. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Second, Second Timothy. We finally made our way through all this portion of Scripture. We're back where we started. Brother Clendenin used to say the beginning is contained in the end is contained in the beginning. And sure enough, we're back at the beginning of our Scripture again. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. This know also, in the last days, perilous times shall come. The first night we spoke about this, how churches will be sacrilegious. We moved on and said man will be selfish. From there we saw in Scripture government will be seditious. We look further in Scripture back at verses 2 and 3 and it showed us how society will be savage. Can I close tonight and I realize that I'm kind of reaching over not from present events but even to more prophetic events. But let me lastly tonight just want to talk about this for a little while. Satan will have a superman. There's an antichrist to come. We'll get into more into a lesson. Although he's not revealed in this time, it is very likely as much alive in this time. And I can already assure you that spirit is working in these last days. So our companion passage tonight in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, and I like to read all the way down to verse number 12. Hope you don't mind me reading the Word of God in the house of God. <clears throat> some people get, I mean, you go over two scriptures in some churches and they're, you know, they're fidgety. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away and the man and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called god or that is worship so that he as god sitteth in the temple of god showing himself that he is god remember ye not that when i was yet with you i told you these things and now ye know that withholdeth that now ye know what withholdeth rather that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity, 
doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And as for this call, and, and, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, oh, yeah. that they might be damned, they might all be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, I pray may we take heed to your word, may we learn your word, may we apply it to our life. Take every thought and bring it into captivity, the very obedience of Christ tonight. May my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. Please, God, undergird things spoken, God. Let your truth be conveyed in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, friend, there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is right. Men say, boy, that seems like such a horrific message. It may seem horrific, but it is very truthful may not be what we want to hear per se, but it is what it is, and it's the truth anyhow. Amen. Amen. I once heard about a man, and he went and bought a very expensive uh, barometer, and he took it back to his house, and as he began to open it up, he looked at that barometer, and it read, Hurricane. And he shook it, and it kept reading, Hurricane. So he went back over and told the owner of the store, he said, Man, he said, I, I bought something that's broke. As soon as I opened it up, that, that barometer read, Hurricane. Well, the man never made it quite back to his house and he never quite made it back to that barometer because the hurricane that hit Long Island in 1939 came sweeping through at that time. The world may not like what they're seeing on the page, but the page doesn't change to fit the world. What God said is yea and what God said is amen. And 2 Thessalonians tells us of a howling hurricane known as the Great Tribulation. It tells us of a a coming man, and if I could say it like this, Satan's Superman, the Antichrist. I know we speak of something that happens after the rapture, obviously, of the revealing of it. But as we've said before, it doesn't mean that he's not alive and well and living, very well living, in 2023. And there's coming, standing in the wings, perhaps already, a man that will be the absolute incarnation of the devil himself. He will be Satan in human form. He's called the man of sin, the beast, the son of perdition. Now, Paul says Christ is coming. But in verse number two, he tells us that we're not to be shaken. Now, we dealt with this last Sunday, but let me just re-go, let me go through this again. Repetition sometimes is the best teacher. They're, they're shaken because there's this false letter that's been sent out and saying that the, 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 the Jesus has already come and that's already passed. And if you've missed it, you've missed it. That's why Paul says in verse number two, he said that you should be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us. Literally, as if it were from us. Right. As, that, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Again, Paul is using this lie to tell an occasion for truth. And he gets around talking about the man of sin. He says in verse number 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there first come a falling away, and that man of sin be revealed. There is coming an awful mockery of God. Hell is going to fling one more final insult into the face of God Almighty. And Paul recounts this mockery of God. And the agent of insult will be what the Bible calls the man of sin. It's another name for the Antichrist. Some call him the man of lawlessness. Sometimes he's referred to as the champion of wickedness. He is the epitome of evil. He's called the son of perdition. That means judgment. He will be the devil incarnated. Because Satan is always trying to be God's imitator. Just as God has Christ, Satan will have his antichrist. You already know this. For those that are listening in, that word anti simply does not mean against. It means also instead of. And that's exactly what this beast is. 
He is the one instead of, in the sense that he takes the place, mocking God, wanting the worship of God. Friend, again, here is the mockery of God, and it is recounted. Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. And very the words of the Antichrist could say the very same thing. You see that Antichrist, you're seeing the incarnation of hell itself. Verse number 4 speaks this of him and says, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above that which is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Satan has always wanted worship. Isaiah says that Satan, Lucifer, cries out, I'll be like the Most High God. I'm going to be worshipped like him. He receives this. And he sits in the temple. Now, how is that? The temple's destroyed in 70 A.D., but yes, that temple's going to be rebuilt, rebuilt. And we dealt last year with the Abrahamic Accords, and I don't want to bore you just with last year's information. But we dealt with that, how that the plate, the, what's already set in motion to see that temple, the progress of it go forward. All they need now is a defined diplomat that's, that's right. suave and charismatic enough to bring both sides together and make sure that temple, he is waiting in the wings, beloved. The Antichrist very, could, very well could be right now there. In verse number 3, he's revealed. He comes alive there openly before men, if you will. And it is a mockery of God. Now, one of the reasons, in fact, Brother Nathan and I were speaking about this the other night. One of the reasons that we say that it's a, he's alive in the wings, perhaps Satan has always had a man somewhere on dock because he doesn't know the time nor the hour when Jesus is coming. So there's always got to be some man that he's ready to, if you will, push the button on and say, in him. So very likely, even right now, Satan's got somebody waiting in those wings that he can pour his fullness of evil into, and it will be revealed. He will be the man of sin, and everything is already set up in motion for men to accept that. Sure. We live in a world today where everything is super-spiritualized. Right. Hollywood is filled with supernormal heroes. In fact, a phrase, my brother's a teacher, and it, they, the, the phrases that they try to push on these kids now, they think it's cool and they think it's hip, and they go, hey, what's your superpower? Exactly. I'm, what's your superpower? You know, and, yeah. and we, we accept that, yes. and we say, oh, that's... Little by little, it's conditioning people to accept superpowers from certain individuals. Amen. You said, now, brother, that's, that's pushing a little bit. If you don't think we live in a society that's trying to condition you, guess again. Amen. They infiltrate small and insignificant ways. Who was it, I think, that showed me the other night that clip of these artificial intelligent uh, uh, robots at that football game, and the whole time they're there, they're looking around. I mean, it is, it'll turn your stomach looking at it because Amen. they're sitting there studying the actions and reactions of every person around them, and that computer is learning to mimic the facial expressions, the tonality. Whenever the score, whenever your team wins, you're supposed to cheer. Whenever your team loses the ball, you're supposed to throw a fit and whine like a three-year-old baby. One day, they're going to have that thing perfect down pat. But do you know the amazing thing was that all these other fans, quote unquote, are so enthralled with their gods on the football field that they don't even realize what's in front of them. They're so entertained with bread and circus that they can't see it in front of their face. And we're being conditioned. Had a beekeeper friend of mine, I think I was telling Brother Philip this a while back, it's not a huge operation, but it's just, it's just I mean, amazing. About 30 hives there, and, and, and in the morning time, he's got some wisteria trees out there, and the bees just, they'll, a swarm of them will just flock to it. He says, oh, here's a new swarm, and he'll shake it down in there and get a whole new beehive. And of course, last time I was around him, I went by to go see him, and I said, well, how many hives do you usually lose a year? And he said, it's inevitable. You're, you're always going to lose a few. Maybe, you know, if a bad year is maybe four. But, you know, you're going to lose one or two, maybe three. And, man, he began to talk to me. And he said, here's what happens, Brother Estes. He says, a moth will get just close enough where those guard bees that stand up front know there's a problem, but not close enough where they're willing to sting it. So then that moth just sits there patiently, just sits there and waits, 
and waits and waits. And he said the garter bees get so used to seeing it that he is that moth is no longer considered a threat. And little by little, every day, with small increments, that moth moves closer and closer to the entrance of that door. Until finally the place where he's able to, she is able to go into that beehive and she drops that larva, that little thing hatches and goes right to the queen to kill the queen. And it happens over and over, small little increments. It doesn't and rush its way in. It doesn't push its way in, but little by little, step by step, yeah. that's the world that we're living in. They are mocking God every single day, and little by little, we live in a world that it no longer tears them apart. One day, that mockery of God is going to manifest into the man of sin, the Antichrist himself. Oh, my. In fact, he told me, let me throw this in. Here's the asterisk on that. He threw this in. He said, oh, he said, back up, Brother Zane. He said, you see this hive right here? He said, I'm putting them in grave danger. I said, what's wrong? He said, you see these other, you see these other bees flying around? I said, I sure do. He said, you see all those bees there? And I, I kid you not, they're just sitting there, just sitting there. I said, why aren't they flying around? He said, because I haven't robbed their honey in a while, so now they're absolutely full, and they've got nothing better to do to sit around. And, he said, they don't feel like they have any work to do. They don't feel like they have. So they sit around. And, and he said, they, and it's those times, that's the one the moth is looking for. They're just sitting around saying, boy, we got nothing better to do. And friend, can I tell you, there's times God shakes your little world and yeah. God takes a little bit of sweetness away from you just so we get back in the field and keep yeah. working again. Yeah. Can you just come on, say amen to me, somebody. Amen, beloved, hear me. We live in a world that has a mockery of God and little by little by little, it is accepting it further and further every day. Not only does Paul speak about the mockery of God, Paul also speaks about the mystery of iniquity. Verse number 6 and 7, And now ye know what withholdeth that he, that is that beast, that antichrist, might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, which means to hold back, will let until he be taken out of the way. There was this mystery of iniquity that's already working in Paul's day. It was an energy of the Antichrist. And the devil is at work even now. Something's restraining him. There is this mystery Paul speaks about, this plot that's hatched from hell. I'm not saying I agree with everybody's conspiracy theory out there. But friend, if you don't think there is something Amen. behind the scenes, Amen. guess again. Amen. And so I said, well, the, you, you, it's not organized. It may not be organized in Washington. It may not be organized in Beijing. It may not be organized in Moscow, but it is organized in hell. And they are working behind the scenes and leaders all across this land. That's why I'm saying it a thousand times in threadbare over and over. We put our hope in God. We put our hope in the Lord. Because even though I, I can't connect the dots, I'm not smart enough to put it all together, but yet I am wise enough to sit back and say something don't make sense. There's somebody working on the other side. It's a mystery, but I'm telling you, it's headed in one direction. It's headed to a one-world society where the entire world will be in a vast concentration camp. Oh, God help us. The devilish conspiracies against the human race are very real. It's just unseen. I said, it's just unseen. And here's the problem. Okay, go ahead. Lock, lock her up. Okay, fine. Lock her up. Guess what? Somebody else will take her place. That's right. Sorry, that's how it works. There'll be somebody else there that'll take the bait. You say, well, I don't, I don't believe that, brother. That's just because I can't see it. <laughs> don't, don't tell me because you don't see it. You don't believe it. Every one of these agnostic people say, I, I don't see it, therefore I don't believe in it. And I want to look back at them and say, 
So, like, why are you wearing three masks in the car when you're by yourself? You know what I'm saying? You can't see it, but you still believe in it. Say amen. 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 That's right. Amen. Don't. Medieval doctors never believed in bacteria. Didn't mean bacteria didn't exist. People do believe in what they do not see. The problem is they're not believing in the right things. Say amen to me, somebody. And there's a devilish conspiracy that's working behind the curtains. Paul says it like this. Ephesians, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are not wrestling flesh and blood, but mark it down plain, wide, and straight. We are wrestling. We're wrestling. There's a war that takes place. There's a battle that goes forth. I don't even see it. You don't even realize it. Do you realize that every single service, there's a fight that takes place. There's a, there's a battle that takes place just to get you here in church. You know, my brother, you're talking about getting the kids up on time. It's a whole lot further than whether or not the biscuits burn, okay? It's an unseen spiritual battle. And for a world that says it's not there because I don't realize, I don't see it, you are playing into the devil's hands. There's a mockery of God. There's a mystery of iniquity. And yet there is a ministry of the Spirit. Something is holding it back from taking complete control. Verses 6, 7, and 8. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then, then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Again, verse number 7. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. But that's just what is that what is that what and what is that he? It's my belief. It's speaking about the church and the Spirit of God inside that church. Amen. Well, where does the Holy Ghost reside? Well, friend, hear me. God is omnipotent and God is omnipresent, but He's in His church. He lives amongst His believers. And as long as this church is here, it is a, it is a restraining factor. Why is it that every one of their programs, although it has devastating effects, it is yet to have global overtaking? I submit to you because there's a church in the way. I submit to you because there's still something that's confounding him. And he shakes his head. He says, I thought we had all the plans right. I thought everybody would comply. I thought everybody would be scared to death to do exactly what we, but yet God has his people that stand up and intercede. Amen. One day it's not going to be like that. One day the church will be removed. One day the Spirit of God lifted like that. Now, time out, and I don't want to get into too deep a theology here. Because the Bible said, Behold, I make my bed in hell, and thou art there. And during that tribulation time, sure, there'll be people that get saved, but don't think it's going to be you that's heard the gospel a thousand times. Amen. No strong delusion comes to your heart. Amen. And primarily speaking, that turns back to the Jew at that time. I'm not saying other people can't get saved, but primarily it goes that direction. So yes, God's willing to save, and yes, God's able to save, and there's a horrific price to pay that is there. But I'm saying what's restraining that evil right now, I'm telling you, it's not the mega churches. It's not the man man that's pastoring 5,000 people on Sunday morning and about 30 people on Sunday nights. Amen. Amen. It's it's the men and women of God that love God. They're in obscure places. They fear God. They walk with God. They hear from God. It's those places. It's not names like Paris. It's not names like Moscow. It's names that nobody else knows, but they're registered on God's map. Hallelujah to God. It's that that's the salt of the earth. It's that that's the light of the world. It's that that is somehow confounding and conforming the most wicked minds that are working behind the scenes. You didn't even know your prayers were doing that, but that's how God's using you. With the salt of the earth. Hallelujah to God. Salt, Holy Ghost helps saints, convict sinners, and hinders Satan. Hallelujah. Satan has power. 
but it is limited, okay? It's limited. Even when fighting Job, he, is, he doesn't have free reign there. But one day, the Spirit of God's influence will be lifted. There'll be nothing to stop that horrific flood tide of horror. The nature of man will be unrestrained to do evil. Okay. In the millennium, you, you, you see lions laying down next to lambs. In the millennium, you see the very nature of beasts become docile. I'm not taking it too far, but if a boy, if a boy can pet a lion on a chin, he'll probably pat a bear on top of the head, huh? <laughs> During that millennium, you may just look around and say, Duke, roll over and be a, be a grizzly. He won't be that little dog. Amen. <laughs> he'll pull up his paws and them ears will go out like Duke. And you say, I remember back on earth. That was actually... <laughs> That's me reading into it, so don't go too far with that, okay? But I don't think I'm reading into it when I'm telling you the nature of animals become docile. Okay. The tribulation is the antithesis, the antithesis of that millennial. So if during the millennial reign there is mostly, most all, peace everywhere. I mean... If a person does die at about 100, we go, ooh, man, what was wrong with him? There's little pockets of rebellion, but God uses, God uses His holy people to squash that quickly, rules sure, with an iron yeah. fist. So if animals are completely docile there, what do you think animals are going to act like during the tribulation time? The exact opposite. I'm tell, as cute as little Duke is, you don't want to get left behind with Duke in the tribulation. That, say amen. He's a cute little puppy dog. He roll over on his back and let you pet him right there on his, on his stomach. But you don't want to be here during that time because I'm telling you, if the animals are docile during the millennial, that means animals become vicious during the tribulation time. People think, boy, this is my, this is my well, what are the, you know, the, the help dog, the, my med- I, listen, I'm not saying there's not some legitimacy in that, but during that tribulation time, friend, you don't know who to trust. You don't pet anything. Everything is marked by violence. Everything is marked by being vicious. It's a time you want to escape, amen. That little grandma that's sweet but just ain't saved, you don't want to be around her during the tribulation time. She will become vicious. That little lady, that that good good old man, I'm telling you what, he's, he's, he's known by his good works. He's trying to be a better man. I'm telling you what, he... He goes to his lodge meeting every Thursday night so they can teach him how to be a better me. (laughs) You don't want to be around him during the tribulation. He'll turn vicious. The, The nature, the nature of man himself becomes absolutely vicious. The mockery of God. Give me just a few more of these tonight, please. The mockery of God, the mystery of iniquity, the ministry of the Spirit, but wait, the mastery of Satan. Verses 7, 8, and 9 again. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, listen, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. We get to that point because they love not the truth, and that's true, but did you see what verses 9 in the beginning of verse number 10 says? They have power and signs and wonders. They can deceive. They have power and signs and wonders, and they can deceive. What a frightening portion of Scripture. This is speaking about Satan, Superman. His intellect will be immense. His authority will be overpowering. His techniques will be extraordinary. Men will be willing to die for him. Women will swoon at his feet. Children will speak his name with reverence. The entire world will marvel at him. He is a beast. That's not referring to what he looks like. That's his inward character. Oh, God. The beast, the second, if I could say it this way, 
It's not a true trinity, but the second person of the unholy trinity. Remember, Satan's always a mocker. Just as there's a Father, Son, and Spirit. And by the way, we don't serve three gods. That's polytheism. But there is one God eternally existent in three persons, Father, Son, Spirit. Satan does his best to do the same. You have a dragon. You have an antichrist. You have a false prophet. And the false prophet points people toward the antichrist. What's the Spirit of God do? Points people toward Christ. And the Father receives worship as we worship the Son of God. When men worship the Antichrist, they will be worshiping Satan himself. Hope I'm not boring you. He's the lawlessness and it will come. Here's the amazing thing. It will come on a platform of peace. Now, here's just a caveat, but let me just kind of get into this for just a moment. If you ever wanted a biography of the beast... You'll find it there in Revelation chapter 13. I don't have time to teach on that all tonight. But verse number 1 of Revelation 13, I find this such an interesting scripture. And John says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and and, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Now, now quickly here, I, I want to kind of get into this for just a moment. But here, horns, as, as, as Brother Nathan spoke of tonight, power. When you see horns, it's very symbolic of power. Well, how many horns does he have? Seven. What's that number seven? Always, well, not always, but typically representative of perfection. Here you have a beast that has perfect power in this world. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean omnipotent power. But as far as the world's concerned, he has it all. And crowns, crowns speak of authority. You don't wear a crown unless you have authority. How many crowns does he have? Ten. Five and ten always speak of completeness. Here he's got perfect power, complete authority. Nothing moves without his say-so. And he comes. How does he come? He comes out of the sea. But that's just, what do you think that sea means? Now, if you're asking me, and I, that we, could, you know, we could get in different opinions and all those things, but I think Isaiah answers that question for us. What is this sea that John sees, if you will, the beast coming out of? Isaiah 57 and 27, 20 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt, there is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. So get the picture. Here is a world, and it looks just like a roiling sea. I grew up on that water. I've seen when storms come, and you'd see it just crack. You know what it is? It's agitating against each other. Everything's agitating, agitating. Do you know, do you know where this beast comes from? It's, it's in a world that is absolutely agitated with itself every single day. Listen to 30 minutes of news, and I promise you, Amen. there's an agitation there. They are professional agitators. Yeah. Brother Sanders, if you had to deal with that lately, I'm just... You've been on my heart, brother. I'm just kidding. And they, they come no sweeter. I won't let you know. In fact, it's probably the other way around. Ain't it? I'm kidding. <laughs> Unfortunately, she says. But it's a world that's built on agitating. Amen. The same people that say, well, if you were affected by it and if you have a condition now because of it, we just want to remind you Nobody ever forced you to get it to begin with. Does that not agitate you? Now, Frank, can I... I, Good old-fashioned conservative sinners, okay? They're not not heaven-bound. They're patriots. They love their nation, but they're not born again. Friend, that will roil them and anger them and frustrate them. And this side knows how to agitate. This side and this side knows how to agitate. Man, the trigger warnings. Are you kidding me? It's an entire world that's exploding. And out of that agitation, this beast arises. We're there. It's a world that is aggravated. We went, to the, we went to the store today. I never said anything to her. But I overheard her 
I thank her. I'm with Shay. Erica's with the other girls over here. And this person, this human being, okay, she said to her friend, I do everything I can to make sure I don't gender. I don't, I just have, and for whatever reason, she's looking this way, and that word comes out of her mouth, and then she turns and looks this way toward me. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. I thought, me? Sweet, lovable, adorable me? Standing here, saying nothing, doing nothing? You know, I mean, am I agitating to you? Of course. And it's a world that's agitated. And from that sea, from that, from that sea that just goes back and forth and smashes into each other and promises made and then fail and then hope and then no oh, and back out of that there rises this man that the world looks at and says, Oh, finally! Finally, finally someone that can bring us together. Think about. The agitation, not only in America, think about agitation in Europe. People that all of a sudden turn around one day and say, if you don't accept literally 20,000 migrants from a third world country, that, that must mean you're a hater. Right. And they go, no, 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 we just lost our jobs. We, we, we just, that's agitating to them. Why, sure. I, 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 read where a certain, I read where a certain country, <laughs> I won't say it here, but I read we're a certain country that tells us we can't have borders, just officially said we're kicking out all of the African migrants in our, in our country. Well, so you're sending them back to Africa? They said, oh, no, we're going to send them to Europe. <laughs> Excuse me? That's agitating. So there's every, I'm just, it's just example after example of reiterations of how a world becomes absolutely agitated. Think of the natural disasters, the odd questionings. And by the way, that word natural may not be so. I don't know. But the odd questionings of how come, how come 2,000 homes right here were burned to pieces, but that multi-million dollar home never burned up, and that is agitating to a society. Oh, by the way, okay, solve the mystery. Nab the culprit. It doesn't alleviate the agitations. Historian Arnold Toynbee said it like this, By forcing on mankind more and more lethal weapons and at the same time making the world more and more interdependent in technology has brought mankind to such a degree of distress that we are ripe for the deifying of a new Caesar who might succeed in giving the world unity and peace. This is not a holiness preacher. This is a secular historian. One other statesman said it like this. He said, if the devil offered a panacea for the problems of the world, I'd gladly follow him. Don't worry, you will, mister. Where does he come from? He comes from the agitation. He comes from the perilous times that is constantly in society. Where does the Antichrist rise up? From the agitation and perilous times that are constantly in society. <coughs> Daniel, <coughs> beg your pardon. Daniel, 8 and, 8 and 23. This is what Daniel said. In the latter time of the kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences. That tells me he deals with the occult. He understands dark sentences. He shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. There's something behind the scenes. And he shall destroy wonderfully, unbelievably, and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Now the holy people he's dealing with here is not talking about the church, but, but talking about those repented Jews during that tribulation time. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hands and he shall magnify himself in his heart. And here's the underscored statement, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes but he shall be broken without hand. Here's the Jews, and they reject Jesus. But Jesus gave this prophecy, John in 5 and 35 and 43, I'm coming in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. But if another shall come in his own name, him ye shall receive. And they will. And the Antichrist will make a way for the Jews to have peace, and he'll help them build their temple. And as they begin to move in, 
He'll say, <laughs> you want to worship God? Here he is. Amen. Now this one who has done such lying wonders will turn on the Jews and do atrocities unto them. The Bible calls it Jacob's trouble. It's a time Jesus warned about as a great tribulation. And he can do all, si all lying signs and wonders. Don't be so foolish to miss the rapture, church. Amen. So I, I won't believe his lies. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. There's coming a day when the church is out and Satan will have an unleashed power on this earth and he will have a superman. Hell will have a holiday. Satan's mastery is revealed. He will rule through the man of sin, through the son of perdition. Let me give you two more quickly and I'm coming to a close. The mockery of God, the mystery of iniquity, the ministry of the Spirit, the mastery of Satan, the misery of man. For this cause shall God send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they, might all, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They sat in churches. They heard preachers call, I mean near enough beg to make it right with God. And through pride, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, they held on to their sin and they missed out with God. They wanted their own selfish way and now they're left behind. And again, beloved, when the Antichrist comes, he will turn this entire world into a vast concentration camp. Put Mussolini, put Napoleon, put all the Husseins, put all the Stalins, put them all together. He will not, they will not hold a twig to this man. Computers will help him do this. We now have gone beyond a credit card and now to a smart card and a smart score. Already, already in China, if a person gets on a bus and they've got a low social credit score, in other words, they didn't do everything the government wanted them to do, it sends a text message to everybody else riding that subway with them. It shows them a picture of the person's face. It's already there. It's already here. They'll put a squeeze on. They will conform. Amen. I got center people. Boy, you, you got them too. Bless God, we're holding out to the end. You ain't going to have much to hold on to, okay? You won't have much to hold on to. Some of the things they were telling me about, Brother Kevin was telling us about the drones that they can bring to an individual person halfway across the world, pull a trigger, and then get back home. Friend... Amen. And that's what we know about. That's what we know about. I'm not the brightest. I ain't the sharpest, sharpest pencil in the box. I can almost guarantee you there's something out there we don't know about. <laughs> just, just a thought. Okay. Bless God. Well, I, I ain't saved, but I, I ain't, I ain't going to take no number. You, can, you already have a number. It's called a Social Security number. Yeah. Amen. You got, try, try opening up a bank account without one of them things, huh? This world will love it. This world, I'm not against Social Security number. I ain't saying that's a mark of a beast. I'm just saying in a world that can beat its chest and say, I'm going to hold out to the end and live, live in a cave, they're going to know where you are. <laughs> well, they don't have enough prisons to hold us all. They don't have to have enough prisons to hold you all. They've got enough computers to hold you all. They've got enough ankle bracelets to hold you all. Old Duke knows he can get out so far, and that thing will sting that neck. <coughs> old brother Mike Flowers, he was a missionary in Mexico. He told me about that old dog down there. He said, man, he said, I'd walk by that dog, and that dog go, <laughs> he said he finally put one of them collars on them. If it barks too loud, it'd buzz that neck and stink him from head to toe. And brother Mike Flowers said, I walked by that thing, that dog looked at me and go, That's how it's going to be, friend. They'll have a collar. It may not go around your neck. It could go in your hand or your forehead. It would be a collar. Don't worry. You get out of line, something will happen. I'm there again. I'm not saying this to frighten the church. 
Because, beloved, we have a hope in God. We have a hope in the Lord. We know, we have studied in His Word. We have seen that in the last day, church is going to be full of hypocrisy. That doesn't scare us. We know it's in His Word. We know that man is going to be so full of selfishness. We realize that. That was given in His Word. We realize that we're going to walk, work, wake up in a world full of treacherous men. That is in His Word. It's going to be a society that's full of savageness. It's going to be absolutely selfishness. And one day that man of sin is going to be revealed. But I'm not looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus to come. I'm, hallelujah. I'm not looking for the, the signs. I'm listening for the sound. The Lord is soon to return. Wait, can I just close with this? The majesty of Jesus Christ. Yes, there's a mockery. Yes, there's a mystery. Yes, there's a mastery. Yes, there's a misery. But thank God there's a majesty because the Lord's going to win in the end. Hallelujah. Can somebody give him praise? Then shall the wicked one be revealed. And I love this. It's like a side note. Paul doesn't even begin the sentence with it. He just puts a comma and he goes, Oh, by the way, whom the Lord's going to consume with the spirit of his mouth, he shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. It's just he walks up in the very brightness of his coming and the very breath of his mouth just makes that antichrist melt like wax on a hot stove. Hallelujah to God. He wins, Jesus does. The mastery of Satan is revealed. Hell has a holiday. The man of sin steps forward. And I, we, you may disagree with me on this, but I, listen, Satan, sin confounds your judgment. Amen. I could be wrong, but something tells me Satan in his twisted mind actually thinks he can win. Amen. I got this. I got that. Didn't, we didn't, they, things didn't work out on Golgotha like we had planned. But I've got this. I know I got this. And it is twisted craziness. He stands and says, It's mine. It's all mine. And with the brightness of his coming and the spirit of his mouth, every enemy falls. The world realizes that Jesus Christ is the light, is the truth is the way. And when the mastery of Satan is released, it will only be the black velvet upon which the diamonds of God's glory will shine forever. Can you lift your hands and give Him glory? Yes. Hallelujah. Sister Esther, help me here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. What is the bright, His glory? His shiny, mighty coming. Hallelujah. Now remember, the Lord comes for His saints. That's the thief in the night. Only those looking for Him are going to find Him. Can I tell you, just as... Oh, I, don't want, I don't want to get too deep with this. Just as over 2,000 years ago, the only people that found Him were those looking for Him. The only people that's going to see him when he returns for his bride are those looking for him. But then he comes back. Now, this is not for his saints. This is with his saints. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 1, We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. Now, that's the coming for the church. You drop down to verse number 8, that's the coming with the church. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming. Thank God the first time He comes for me. But thank God the next time I'm going to come with Him. How all I desire is, God, can I ride close enough to see it? First, hallelujah. God, can I be close enough to you here and I can get a good view of that, that I could be there and see that. Hallelujah. He comes with his bride. The Old Testament prophets didn't even understand it. That's why they called it a mystery. There's this mystery. but There's this majesty. The Antichrist turns on the Jewish people, and I don't have time to get into all this tonight. And the Lord stands there in that valley of Armageddon. The arms of this world is defeated. And he rules and he reigns in righteousness. If I could just say it like this. <laughs> and they live happily ever after. <laughs> the greatest song, the greatest story. Glory to God. Amen. 
those men that came from the east to present presents, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these aren't Jewish rabbis. These are Eastern Oriental men that have been reading Daniel and uh, Daniel and 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 probably uh, Micah and uh, uh, Malachi uh, verses where they spoke about how he's going to be born in Bethlehem. They've got a, they've got a kind of good understanding, and they're reading. And now the Lord leads them by that star, but they're looking. My question is, Brother Peter, why ain't every Jewish rabbi in that convoy? You read the same thing, you saw the same prophecies. Some that, because some people only get it in their head, you got to get it in your heart. Right. You got to have it in your heart. Amen. The letter alone killeth, the spirit giveth life. Yes. And friend, if this thing's in your heart, then through every calamity that Paul has taught us in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, we still lift our hands and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the end, we win. Stand with me all over this house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. We're there with him. We are there. What, what's heaven going to be like? I don't have every answer. Well, where are we actually? What, 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 what's our role? What are we actually? All I know is this. Wherever Jesus is, I'll be with him. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Your bride has a special place just because she's your bride. Sure. <laughs> we was talking about Brother Schmidt, and he's that blueberry farmer. He knew everything about blueberries. He's wise. He knows it all. And I could learn so much, and I'm fascinated with him. And at the end of the day, I say, Brother, Brother Schmidt, I sure appreciate you telling me all about them blueberries. Honey, come on, let's go to the house. <laughs> Wherever I am, she'll be with me. I don't know all that's going to happen in the eons to come, but I know this, where he oh, is, yes, where he is we will be awesome. Amen. I'll be awesome. And that'll be enough for me. And you fig- I'll let the scholars figure out all the other details. I'll let the scholars figure out all the heaven, new heaven and new earth. I'm looking forward to that too. But all I know is I'm going to be with Jesus throughout all eternity. And that's enough to give me comfort in this world, even here and now. Can we slip our hands up one more time and just praise him, church? Can we slip out? Just give him one more praise. Hallelujah to God. Thank you, Jesus.